0: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have an awesome show lined up for you today. We've got Mike Wolf, who's the CEO of Delgado Stone Distributors on the show with us today. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Zach. Excited to be here. Mike, for our listeners, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and a little bit about Delgado Stone.
1: Sure. My name is Mike Wolf. I'm the CEO of Delgado Stone Distributors out in Brookfield, Connecticut. We're a quarrier, manufacturer, supplier of natural stone products, and we wholesale distribute them across the United States and Canada. Uh, We have 26 states, about 100 authorized dealers. So everything from stone veneer, bulk
0: stone, landscape materials. So that's what we do. So you sell primarily, you said, wholesale, distributors. Talk to me about what does your sales process look like? How are you guys selling to the market? Who are you selling to? Those kind of things.
1: It's actually interesting. A little bit unique where the buyer is the authorized dealer that we have. So they're the ones that are going to have it in the yard. They're going to carry inventory. And really, they act as an extension of us. We can't be everywhere. So... As authorized dealers, they have our product, they have product knowledge, they have our support, and they also have some of the other materials that would be used on the project. So instead of someone coming to us, we provide the stone, and then they gotta go get something else you know, wherever they go. This gives us an opportunity to set them up, here's our material, here's who you can rely on for this project, there's local delivery, all of those things. So it's interesting because we still do lunch and learns, we work with architects, we work with builders, even homeowners, we do a lot of inbound marketing, lead generation. But we literally work with them right up until the last leg of it and then walk them to the authorized dealer.
0: When you say you're marketing to all these different audiences and you're doing lead generation, talk me through like, what is the strategy there for differentiation? Are you saying, Hey, we've got all kinds of different products. Here's why our product, you know, from a, let's say variety or aesthetic look perspective, like what are you actually doing to differentiate your product in the marketplace to get these dealers to go? Yes, I definitely want Delgado stone in our yard.
1: That's a good question, because people look at it as a commodity, right? And that's what they look at the natural stone as. So for us, how do we differentiate? And we look to make it as easy as possible. How do we make it something they don't have to worry about? So our commitment to the quality and then the customer service means that once they get it, it goes out to the job site. More often than not, a high percent of time, they're not getting anything back from the customer. They're not getting negative feedback. They know it's gone. It's one less thing for them to worry about we communicate lead times, we help with logistics. So very big on the service aspect and then also consistency of product, being able to specify it once or sell it once to someone and then they can rely on it each time. And I think that makes it a lot easier on the dealers, on the Mason's architects and builders as well.
0: They don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about the product being available or performing. I've been talking about this a lot recently on our show is the product almost becomes the back end, and everything else around the service and experience, et cetera is really what is helping you sell and differentiate. Is that right? I don't wanna put words in your mouth. Yeah, you're spot on Zach. Natural stone is everything does, right?
1: That's what we do, that's what we live for. But when we look at an authorized dealer, they have hundreds of products, thousands of products, right? So if we can make this easy for them and allow them to have one less thing to worry about, one less issue, how can we be a resource to them? The approach that our sales and marketing team take Let's, let us understand your business. And we don't sell to everyone. We go through a process with our prospective dealers. We ask some questions. Is this a right fit for both of us, right? Because we don't want to end up in a situation where the product just goes to everyone. Maybe someone doesn't understand it. They're in a different marketplace. And then we have all these issues. So really making sure we're educating the dealer, working, supporting,
0: providing that level of service. So again, we're making it easy for them. Can you give me a couple examples of this maybe? Talk me through a specific dealer you were trying to get in with or they wanted to rep you as an example, one or the other. And you're saying, hey, yes, we've got these products, but here's how we're going to make your life better and or easier.
1: Yeah, it's often a process, right? And it's our national sales director, JP usually gets a phone call or an email or something and they'll have a conversation. More often than not, it starts off with, well, we have someone who found your material online and they're interested, right? And we're not really into like, Okay, the one-off project, we're just not set up that way. So we'll put them through that process. How important is natural stone to your business? What was your revenue last year? What are your expectations you want it to grow? And why Delgado Stone? What makes you want to work with us? We'd love to sell stone to everyone, right? Everyone wants revenue, but is it the right fit? So going out there, asking those questions, understanding what percent is natural stone to them and where do they want it to be? maybe understanding what issues they've had historically with natural stone suppliers. And do we solve that problem for them or are we really just another one? So we're not looking to be just another board in the showroom or another display, right? Where they are like, oh yeah, we have this, this and this, because there's a lot, there's a lot out there. So
0: we want to make sure it's the right fit and have that true partnership. Talk to me a little about what you guys do from a marketing and sales perspective, specifically the alignment between the two, because traditionally, You see in marketing and sales departments, there's like the marketing department and there's the sales department. There's a lot of times there's a unique dynamic between the two of them. We're seeing a lot of people kind of go right on after those two things in reference to creating better alignment in today's marketplace. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing there to create alignment. How do you create camaraderie? How are you guys all working towards the same thing and helping yourselves grow the business? I wish I could say that it's always been smooth
1: and it was easy. I have a sales background. I worked in insurance and was in sales and I learned a lot. I used it as an education. Then I went into marketing and learned a lot there and kind of have a passion for the marketing side of things. So. As our company grew and as things evolved, we have sales, we have marketing, and really how do we break down that silo? Because for some reason, it seems like they should be aligned, right? No matter what, they're both customer facing, they're both revenue generating, they should just work together naturally, but it's not the case. And so what we've done is instead of having marketing and sales huddles, instead of having those huddles separate, we make sure they're together. We have an understanding of, okay, here come these inbound leads. So the marketing side is generating these leads working with the sales team to make sure that lead goes to the right dealer or that customer is helped along the way. So they have to have that level of communication or it falls apart. It took us a while to get there, but being able to align the two and have that camaraderie and communication has been very helpful, not just for us, but also for, I think the customers as well.
0: Walking through, like, let's say a lead comes in. okay lead comes in, marketing qualifies the lead or is it mean like a hand to sales? Can you give me a little bit of what's the process for, let's say a lead coming in and how it's getting handed off you all are working together through that process?
1: The lead comes in typically through the website, it's a download, a form. The marketing team would look up where they are in terms of geography because we have regional sales. We also now just started our inside sales team. So they'll take a look at where they are see which salesperson they should go to and maybe what authorized dealer would be a good fit if it's an inbound call or a live chat that's handled by the marketing team and then they're going to extract more information they're going to ask about the project maybe if there's certain material and then from there they have that conversation with the sales team so the sales team can then follow up with whoever's requesting it sales will work with marketing in terms of shipping out samples and That of course brings in operations as well. So we don't use the word family very much team because you need it. In order to fulfill this one request, this one interest from the lead coming in, hopefully to the end of the project, it takes that communication between sales and marketing. Lead comes in, here's the information, here's the product looking for, ship the sample out. And then typically the sales team then will work with the dealer and the marketing
0: team is helping the next person. What metrics are you tracking in those different departments, and how are you holding those people accountable? We're pretty fortunate. We believe in education here.
1: We work with a company called Aspire, and Herb is our coach. and introduced us to the scaling up methodology, and we use a dashboard called Align. And it's been really interesting because there's that transparency, and everyone sets their KPIs. So there you have the dashboard. Here's what we're working towards. Here's what we're working towards their goals or their objectives, actually, in order to achieve them, they kind of have to work together to raise it. So we can see, everyone can see, there's no hiding, there's no finger pointing or anything. It's very much that self-accountability and owning your role. So we have that visibility. Here are the leads that came in. Here's the revenue that came from that. Right. If you're in sales, you work on commission. If you're in marketing, you work on bonuses. So there's different things that work out that way. And we also have a weekly huddle which i think is probably one of the best things we implemented in terms of communication and bringing everyone together so that's a little bit of here's the week that was but also here's what's going on here's looking ahead and how do we achieve those targets right we have a quarterly company target are we working together to achieve that and before we did this there was much more of a disconnect and coming together just once a week. It's not very long. The individual teams, you know, for myself, it's a little bit longer of a day, me and some of the leadership team, uh, a little bit longer, but for the marketing and sales teams on their own, it's about an hour, hour and a half. And they're bringing up, here's the issues we're having. Here's what we're struggling with. Website traffic's up, leads up. Here's what we're doing. And then for the sales side, here's the results that we have based on these inbound leads. So they have that mutual, communication and reporting, which I think certainly makes a big difference.
0: Mike, I'm curious to get your take on what you think is happening in the market today. I'm talking to manufacturers, distributors, developers on a daily basis. Everyone's got a very different take on what's happening in the marketplace. I'd love to hear your take as somebody who's selling to a lot of different types of people. Talk to me from a 30,000 view of like, hey, the economy's here or the market's here. These people are spending. These people aren't. This is what I think is going to happen. Tell me what you think.
1: If I could answer this accurately, I think I'd have a different career and and I'm making (laughs) a lot of money where I could solve this problem. Because it really depends where you look and where you are that makes a difference. I'll say this, we're expecting some sort of slowdown, certainly coming off COVID and all the supply chain issues. We look at the economy in the news, we're expecting some sort of slowdown. What we've seen primarily is the smaller projects, which are kind of the residential projects, maybe someone's doing a fireplace or they want to face their stairs or their front stoop or a patio, something along those lines. We found that maybe has slowed down a little bit and we kind of use that as a gauge based on, well, here's the inventory that's going to authorize dealers. We talk to our dealers regularly, who's buying, right? Where is this material going? How often are they reordering? What's the turnover? And that compares differently to these large commercial projects where maybe it's a community that's being built or something like that, where it's consistently going oftentimes right to the job site. So what I would say is we've seen a, a little bit of a shift where the homeowners and the residential projects, the smaller ones are certainly slowing down. And I think that's because of uncertainty in the economy. Really, no one knows what to believe, right? It depends what you watch and who you ask, or maybe even <laughs> from hour to hour, there's conflicting stuff. So, but what we do is we talk to our dealers. We have good relationships and we talk to our suppliers, understand where they are, what's going on in their world. And then we analyze and adjust as needed. But, that's kind of what we see going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a slowdown through the first, maybe second quarter of next year, but I'm not an economist. It's just my opinion and it's my job to plan for those types of things. So we kind of have to prepare that way.
0: If you're a manufacturer listening to this show, you've got a lot of great insights about how to align marketing and sales and how you guys are trying to grow your business. Even taking into consideration what you think that may or may not happen in the marketplace, like what's your one piece of advice to manufacturers who are saying, hey, I want to get aggressive. I want to grow. What would you tell them to do heading into, let's say, Q3, Q4 of this year, as well as thinking about 2024?
1: What I would say is a lot of people pull back on the marketing side when there's uncertainty, right? They don't want to invest in that because maybe there isn't the immediate return. But when you look at inbound marketing, digital marketing, lead generation, Those are never really quick things, and it's more about consistency. And so how are you delivering that message? Are you continuing to deliver it? And so my recommendation would be to be consistent and continue to move on and not just put yourself out there, but how can you support and be a resource for your customers because they probably have some of these same fears. And if you're there with them throughout it, they're likely to rely on you and keep that relationship going. And if there's difficult decisions to make on their end, they're more likely to work with you. So for us, it's really understanding their business, adding value, but consistently keeping up with marketing, even if you scale it back a little bit, but I'd be hesitant to really pull away completely and then try and restart it later on. It's very difficult to do. So that would be the one message that I send.
0: I 100% agree with you. And I might be biased here, but the data shows, we looked at a report recently that looked at people Who continue to invest in marketing and advertising through a downturn in comparison to those who didn't. And the ones that kept on investing saw exponential gains because they were taking the quote unquote market share of attention on the part of their potential customer when other people were pulling away. So, as Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So if people are fearful in the moment of, oh, what's going to happen, like that is typically an indicator of when you should push in and actually start to go after a market in a way that maybe you haven't. So again, I might be biased here because this is the world I live in, but I do think that there's something to be said about when there's fewer people competing as a huge opportunity for any business. We use proactive versus reactive often, right? And doing something like that becomes very reactive. And you're saying,
1: okay, we have to cut somewhere. Maybe that's the mentality, right? And so they're like, well, it's easiest to cut marketing, right? That's what people do because, well, historically, you look back at print and media of those sorts, it would have been a little bit tougher to track the success. Digital, it's different. Yeah, you have that data, right. You can see the return on your investment pretty easily, especially for the smaller businesses even and manufacturers. So you know, that's one of those things where you react and you pull back and then all of a sudden six months, eight months, 12 months from now, you're going, well, how come we're not having that success? You can't just flip that switch. It doesn't work that way.
0: It's really about that consistency. Mike, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure.
1: Give a call at Delgado Stone or shoot me an email, Mike at Delgadostone.com. It would
0: be great to connect. Awesome. Mike, thank you again so much for being generous with your time. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, check us out at benvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody.